We are Pillow Scream Radio. Say it with some gusto, honestly. Jesus. <laughs> we are Pillow Scream Radio. With your co-hosts. Uh, with <laughs> dot, dot, dot. co-hosts Alex and Jim. And I'm Mandy. <laughs> Welcome to the pod. Did that like Microsoft Mandy there. That was good. Yeah. Yeah, are you okay? <laughs> Is everything okay over there? I forgot my name for a second. <laughs> As we it's okay. Know, right? I I forget which of us is Jim and which of us is Alex. All I mean, you are like eighty five years old in your soul, so maybe you're just getting onset dementia. Yeah, you have yeah, <laughs> you have Alzheimer's of the soul. <laughs> Okay, well, good to be back. We had a lot of positive reception from our new co-host. She kind of stole the show, uh, which is good, because Alex and I are in a fucking mind meld where we just send each other the same jokes over and over again and just agree with each other and have no new in- no new input. I also love that her first time uh, hearing what we were talking about on the episode was the day after, whenever we gave her <laughs> the draft, because she could not remember what the fuck we talked about. Yeah. That was great. Mandy got real drunk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you texted me and you're like i'm gonna get i'm gonna be less drunk next time <laughs> yes, i was like you were hilarious true to my word i'm actually gonna remember what i talked about this time i feel like we took we like roofied mandy and took her back to our place and like made her do a podcast and she doesn't remember it the next day um, yeah it'd be like that what's that um that was that porn thing they do the bang bus <laughs> or whatever it is like the where they just pick fake up taxi. a minivan yeah that one yeah fake taxi and uh, <laughs> syndrome turn into <laughs> but it's like a pod taxi and you get in and we're just like yo you ever done a podcast before no no you never you amateur oh yeah <laughs> yeah it's just <laughs> so we won't post it anywhere we promise <laughs> yeah but they get paid I feel like <laughs> alright look where are the feed picks we're still waiting on those <laughs> Oh man, where would you post feet pics to get maximum amount of money? How would you? Obviously, is it Patreon? I guess no, I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. I got a DM before where a guy was like, "Don't take this the wrong way, but I'll send you a hundred dollars for a pair of used sandals, and depending on the type of shoe, the price could go up from there." So, <laughs> wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. What what's his pricing model for this? It was a hundred dollars. Want like heels? They're more classy. That's what I was so wondering. Get paid more? Yeah, like or because he brought up sandals like what if you just send them Birkenstocks yeah that's what I was wondering because I definitely have shoes that cost more than a hundred dollars so I think that was part of the pricing model he did say he would Mm. pay shipping too (laughs) how do you feel about that (laughs) I mean I didn't doing a capitalism with your feet I didn't take him up on the offer the episode art should literally be one of your feet picks no god no (laughs) I mean like (laughs) highest viewed or highest listened to episode by far the joke's on them because I actually have really ugly feet (laughs) I mean, you're a runner, right? Yeah. So, of course. Yeah, I've got fucking legs all fucked up, too. This is like an ad hoc. Everyone knows that. 
Yeah, absolutely. Everyone knows that uh, the people who run have fucked up weird looking legs. The people who lift have natural aesthetic uh, looking legs, you know, Arnold shit. Yeah, and you're also cursed to always talk about the size of guys' backs at the beach. Correct. You're like, just, just drink your Corona, dude. <laughs> like, fuck. We're like, <laughs> and you're like, oh, who's, this guy thinks he's got a big back. Look at this guy. It's ridiculous. Oh, and that guy's got ILS all over the place. And they're like, I don't. <laughs> Can we? Imaginary lat syndrome. Don't we all? <laughs> ILS? Imaginary lat syndrome. What? Yeah, yeah, you know where you it's walk. where you walk like, out like bowed back a little bit because you think that you've done enough pull-ups that your lats look like anything. Is actually a really good criticism of the way guys posture. It's pretty funny. Like oh. that that Act of Valor episode we did that was like yeah, yeah, all yeah. over the place. Just walk I, like they're like going into the into the surf with their surfboards and they're like, <laughs> Oh, are you like, talking about that what like the fuck? it's like the Neanderthal like they're almost like like lean forward so they can like try to like get it bigger. Yeah, they're no. like those little lizards that have yeah. the flaps of skin between their arms and they can like <laughs> fly a little bit. <laughs> That's how they walk all the time. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think the ladies like that. No, because oh. that's that's the myth of like bodybuilding. Like being healthy and in good shape is like that's probably good for a relationship and like your attractiveness, but like being this like just insanely stupid looking like triangular person with like just like no one the only people that compliment you, compliment you on that are like other dudes in the gym <laughs> they're like yeah, hey man me. like you're looking you're looking good <laughs> yeah you look fucking great yeah alex just oh, walks up to you and he's like hey dude how long uh how long have i been coming here <laughs> dude actually that's why they put the signs have, up at the very sauna similar st- <laughs> i have a very similar story about that i was in i was in the uh, locker room after the gym one morning after pt and you know just hanging out doing my thing watching my bod and this guy grabs the shower next to me you know how like in urinals dudes are never mm-hmm. supposed to grab the urinal yeah, right it's a rule. next to you no. yeah it's a rule uh well this guy grabbed the shower right next to me he like takes a look over looks me up and down and be like nice work man <laughs> like, <what>? <laughs> <laughs> like i appreciate the compliment but not in the shower <laughs> come on yeah, it's like when yeah when you're at the urinal and the guy's like nice watch <laughs> you're like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the the day you start going to the gym is the day that you're forever small, and you think you go because you want to look good for the ladies, uh, and then you realize only people that come up and you are other guys in the gym. Yeah, it's it. it's adorable, honestly. Yeah, my wife doesn't compliment me in my arms, but other guys in the gym do, and that's all I need. That's all the validation <laughs> I need to know that uh, at least I'm not a runner, so fuck you. Well, yeah, like I said, when the revolution comes, you'll be able to flex at the enemy running I guess. is free the revolution will be easy. aesthetic <laughs> and skateboard so much faster than you that'd be cool if you have you know how they have like uh the like snowmobile like special operations dudes that's best for like the ski the ski shooters that like norway has they yeah, like yeah. do like military ops on skis it's like you could do it on longboards it's like urban like, Dude, I can't remember if we talked about this already, but wasn't the rollerblading like, cops? Yeah, the rollerblading cops. The guy just where they were like showing how cool the ro- yeah. the rollerblading cops are going to be, and then it's like interspersed with the video of them just getting ruined by stairs. <laughs> These guys like I don't know stole a handbag or something and ran up like three steps of stairs, and the rollerblading cops stop at the bottom and look at it, and they're like, "Fuck, what now?" And <laughs> <laughs> just looking at him like, "No, come back." <laughs> uh, God. Cool. So, what are we talking about today? <laughs> well, what okay, happened? We got through eight minutes. We did it. Yeah, we're just burning time. Checks um, out. What? <laughs> yeah, I forgot. Yeah. 
Yeah, what's uh, the Well, what's in the news? Uh, okay, so another shooting. we had another another shooting, yeah, almost immediately after the Georgia one. It's like we're coming down off a of lockdown, and uh, everyone's like, all right, got to get my mass murders out. Um, the fucking the ticker on the side of America that says days since last shooting is just perpetually at fucking zero. Yeah, it's like one of those like last DUI or days since DUI at the gate. <laughs> uh, outside of Fort Hood, it's like days since we last lost a soldier. <laughs> it's zero, just forever. Yeah, days Jesus. since we found remains in a fucking igloo cooler. <laughs> like a river somewhere. Yeah. God. Yeah, so there was a shooting in Boulder, Colorado. It was like at zero days since the one in Georgia. The the guy went into like a supermarket with an AR and killed ten people. And I I really want to highlight the difference between how they talked about these two shooters. The very first one we talked on the last episode, and I brought it up, and all it did was this situation just validated it. But in the very first shooting, white dude, you search his name, and what pops up is like he's a God fearing. God loving, church going kind of guy who likes hunting. That's the very first thing that pops up. Lo and behold, we have a second shooting from another mentally disturbed individual. And you search like who this guy is, what he's about. And the very first thing that pops up is stories from him being in high school and how much his high school friends hated him and were like scared of him. Apparently, he was on the wrestling team. Here's a quote He was kind of scary to be around, said a teammate on the wrestling team. They once said that he had an outburst and threatened to kill people during an intra-team match. And so you have the white guy who's like, you know, getting his church on. And then you have the the brown guy, the not white guy, that the first thing they have to reference is how scary this guy is. It's very intentional. Yeah, I want to read another quote right here. Alyssa, who is the, the second shooter, that's his last name, had become increasingly paranoid around 2014, believing that he was being followed and chased, according to his brother. At one point, the young man covered the camera on his computer with duct tape so he could not be seen. Which I feel like a lot of us do Mark that. Zuckerberg I do that. Does that. I have my, I have my <laughs> yeah. tape right here. Yeah, that's right. When the fucking CEO and founder of Facebook does it, it's like, yo. <laughs> like, yeah. Fuck. But the very first thing that pops up whenever you search the shooter is how how fucked up he was and like how much of an asshole he was and everything. And then, you know, a couple of days go by and you start getting articles where it's like this guy was actually very mentally ill, like had some serious like behavioral health stuff going on with him. And I want to highlight the fact that the very first kid was also probably hated by his high school friends or like his high school, like his fellow students. Right. Yeah, the way that kid looks, sex perv. Yeah, yeah. Like, fucking, he had like the fash haircut, right? Like, I imagine if he had that when he was twenty-one, he was probably a fucking weirdo two years ago, right? Yeah. God. So you have two people who are in a very similar situation. The only distinction being their skin color, mm-hmm. and you, they get treated completely differently by the media. It is some strange Chomsky level stuff on the worthy and unworthy victims. There's also yeah, like worthy exactly. and unworthy perpetrators of mass shootings. It's like a new category. Yeah. It's weird because I don't know how to ca- how to explain it or categorize it if it's like implicit bias as well as like some other I don't know the mechanism by which that happens because you like these are happening these descriptions are happening in supposedly liberal news media publications mm-hmm. where they're supposed to be open-minded and sensitive to issues of race and gender but they're not they're doing it anyways it's strange yeah 
Um, I want to, so I want to bring it to that little like clip that you sent us whenever this was all going down. This is huge lib brain take on just as, like the second amendment and the role of yeah. firearms and yeah. everything. Quote, the problem is that the nation is cursed with an absurdly and tragically vast oversupply of guns. <laughs> yep, that's it. You figured it out. That's <laughs> what's it. wrong with this country. <laughs> nailed it. Yep, nailed it. And as a society, we refuse to even talk about the kind of comprehensive disarmament that could prevent the next massacre by someone full of entitlement and rage, the next drive-by killing by a homicidal drug dealer, or the next gun suicide by someone in unbearable pain from depression. We would rather live with the carnage than seriously try to end it. No, motherfucker. You would try to get rid of the guns rather than address any of the underlying problems that are coming out from this. How do you reference how do you reference entitlement and rage and drug dealers and depression and then say that we just gotta take the guns away and not address any of those other concepts that we just it's talked about? It's in the about? same sentence. Yeah, it's fucking in the same sentence. Drugs and depression. Mental illness. Yeah, like the the guns are a tool to achieve a fucked up end which is ending other people's lives and possibly their own like that's going to happen regardless of whether or not you have bump stocks or 30 round magazines it's going to happen regardless of whether or not you have an assault rifle versus a handgun or a handgun versus a knife that shit still happens all over the world obviously it happens more in america but it's not because we have guns it's because our society is fucked top to bottom Mentally, like just socially isolated, mentally unwell individuals whose only like mechanism of, I guess, like expressing themselves is through the harm that they can do towards others. Right? Am I yeah. crazy? We were talking about this, I think, last night. But I mean, well, for starters, Mark Fisher's capitalist realism has a, huge, a big section on mm-hmm. the way that the rise in mental illness is a result of a increasingly late stage capitalist society i don't think that's really hard to prove because you're increasingly isolated you're fed bullshit uh in every medium plus like a huge reduction in the services that these people can get exactly yeah yeah they undercut all the things they would use to resolve these issues so you're cut off from the people the community and then also the ways that you would help you would resolve those in any other country yeah yeah, but like the, the guns, guns, the guns thing, aren't the problem. It's the underlying social ills that. But the gun rights is always tied up inside, like any kind of shooting, anyways. Like that's like with any of these police shootings, they'll say that the guy had a gun, and that's why the the cops were scared. And the cops say if there were fewer guns, I wouldn't be so scared and would kill every person that's not white. That spooks me, and the. It's, again, kind of the same question. There's this underlying cause that explains it. But you can only argue for, like, removing guns from the population if you are ceding it to some other system of collective control that will protect you better than you can protect yourself. Yeah, like and I don't the monopoly think, on force stuff. It's Exactly. The state has a monopoly on the use of force. That's the line they always use. Except they are a very, very violent state. The police in this country are very violent and militarized. But I don't, most of us don't believe, everyone under the age of 40 doesn't really believe that cops will protect you better than you can protect yourself, mm-hmm. especially if you're not white. And I think that's why you don't, there's the argument to take our guns away is not sound for anyone. It's like a bipartisan feeling that like, I don't feel safe without it. Didn't, didn't the Boulder, Colorado police chief 
whenever he was giving his uh, address about the whole situation, was like, a lot of innocent people lost their lives. And even worse, a cop lost their life. Like, Jesus, dude. <laughs> they clearly consider themselves to be worth more than the rest of us. But you're right. It's all mm-hmm. part and parcel. It's all tied together. The neoliberal idea that if we're going to take away the the tools that sick people that are fucked up society uses to inflict pain upon each other like if we just take away the tools then the pain won't happen the sickness won't happen it's like nah you have cause and effect backwards my dude <laughs> yeah i almost <laughs> i almost like the idea of like having like do i at least have the permission to die if the society sucks so bad i you won't agree. even let me yeah you won't even let me kill myself like uh, fuck off i just have people will you find make me a way. stay alive like yeah people if they want to die will find a way like in the U.S., yeah, we have a lot of suicides by shootings because guns are more readily available. But, like, people will still find a way to hurt themselves if they want to. Yeah, you take away the guns and now death by, like, overdose is the next next. I one. think it's already yeah, it's already the biggest one is the overdoses now. But Yeah. Or what about just death by walking into the ocean and giving up? <laughs> Virginia <laughs> Woolf style. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> That takes some yeah. conviction. Yeah. I'm Here's going to idea. So keep my head underwater my until dead. <laughs> yeah. Here's an idea. How about we rip apart this god-awful, isolated hellhole of a society and remove the actual generative factors that cause people to go insane and kill other people? How about we actually fund mental health programs? How about we actually fund like a non-oppressive like police response system that can actually support yeah. mental and behavioral health? And if you need any any kind of like proof of what we're talking about just look at japan like the suicide rates in japan and south korea are so fucked up they don't have guns it's still happening over there yeah guess what pro tip it's the capitalism <laughs> yeah it's like what do all of these things have in common oh yeah. they're all have miserable isolated lives where they work too much and have nothing to do in the meantime yeah consume your fucking marvel movies Oh yeah. Try to keep you happy. Bread yeah. and circuses. Marvel won't save you. There's not there's not enough media entertainment in the world for to solve your ills of the soul, your existential crises. Get it, re- get it real light after the, just that absolute downer of nobody. Yeah, I'll cut music in after that, so we'll have we'll have a little break. The uh, yeah. what was the meme? Who who had the meme that was like who would win? All of global capitalism or one floaty boy? 
I think that's why people are just having so much fun with it. It's kind of like the GameStop thing. Like people have this implicit just like hatred of the establishment. And so whenever the establishment just gets fucked over by something that no one can really control, we all just enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. It's like watching someone you hate just face plant. I never just, like, thought face plant. Like, yes, I would you. identify with a boat, you know? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Bodie McBoatface is going to be the savior. <laughs> He's I love that too. That was champion the fucking... of the revolution. <laughs> Bodie McBoatface. <laughs> yeah, the, the fucking uh... thing just like turned sideways, and everyone's like, "Fuck." Okay, so like <laughs> yeah. the boat stuck, which I don't under I don't really understand how that could happen. Instead, it was a gust wind. of wind during a sandstorm. So, storm. boohoo! Like, the people yeah. have to sail around like the entire continent of Africa. Like, how long does that take? Like two weeks. Um, yeah, it's just by far weeks. probably not the worst thing that's ever happened on the high seas. Yeah, um, we've all seen Pirates of the Caribbean. We could live in a lot cooler society if we just had more pirates and more boats going around. The canals fucked that up, made it way too easy. I didn't realize that the canal was that narrow too. It's pretty. I was I saw the picture of it. And I was like, that's the Suez Canal. Hey, why and don't I they guess, just like, dig it a little more? <laughs> yeah they're trying yeah, it's what? like an engineering problem they're hoping like, that there's like a freeze coming or something and i was like i didn't i didn't think it was a freezing part of the world i remember but. getting stuck in valheim with one of those long boats and i had to call my buddy over to come dig me out like why don't i just do that and then put the rocks back whenever you're done way worse things they, have happened to me personally on the ocean i'm just saying <laughs> wait hold on yeah that thought. story time <laughs> story time send it oh my god <laughs> Oh, you guys know about this already, but I um I'm playing dumb so you can say it on the <laughs> podcast. Tell for the people who are gonna buy your feet picks. Well, hopefully none of them would ever do this to me, but I was dumped at sea. I, like not literally, like I was not like thrown overboard. Not overboard no, right? I like a like a body, like they fired twenty one shots and like <laughs> like dumped you off of like I'm picturing like a Viking funeral. No, yeah, I was like, like Boromir. No, wait, no. Faramir? Yeah, yeah, Fair? Boromir, Bor- yeah. Which one? Um, and then they Boromir. do the thing in the canoe. But um, yeah, <laughs> I went on a cruise and it was awful. Like I absolutely hated it. And my boyfriend at the time like freaking broke up with me. And we still had like three days left on this cruise. We're just floating <laughs> around in the ocean like in our tiny Wait, cabin. hold on. In the same room, right? Yes, in a tiny <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> this like 10 by 8 room like just absolutely hating each other for like the last three days of this cruise. Then we just like dock, have to fly on the same flight like back to where we live. <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to get real personal because I've, I'm very interested in the logistics of this. Was there one bed? Like, did you have to, like, get in bed with this guy and just, like, like kick him to the other side of the box? No, no, no. There's a recliner. Do you make him sleep in the recliner? Yes. Please tell me you did. Yes. Okay, good. I mean, for starters. But who the what the fuck was he thinking in, like, this... Yeah, this will make my life better is if I spend the next three days Even trapped like in a cell. Even the most selfish people, you yeah. realize you just hold on for three more days. <laughs> just yeah. hold on until the I, end. I don't know. Maybe he thought like, oh, like I'll find like somebody hotter above deck or something. I don't know. But Dude, why the fuck would he do that? I think, Did you like repress this from your memory? It's so dramatic. He might be at the same post as you right now. Me? No. You. Oh. Uh. Me? Alex? Yes. What the fuck? Yo, send Alex some feet pics and he'll uh, deliver them. <laughs> from he'll like do like the thing with the horse's head. 
You remember Godfather? These? He's like, yeah, <laughs> from an old friend. <laughs> so he wakes up with feet pics everywhere. Not, he's like, it's ah, not a horse head covered ah, in blood. It's feet pics just coming. Yeah. Come. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, why? Why is my bed sheet so crunchy right now? <laughs> Yeah. Like oh, the dog, the, do- the family terrible. dog comes up and starts licking it. He's like, no, stop. Well, his family dog was really ugly. You have the skinless cats. What are you talking say, like, about? They have skin. What? This dog didn't have skin? No, He's just, my cats like, just don't have tendons hair. Tendons and muscles they running around. They just don't around. have hair. This dog. Yeah, you said skinless yeah. cat, which is hilarious. Oh, it's like, <laughs> boneless, skinless like that's chicken breast. That would be horrifying. No, yeah. they have skin. It's like, like, get out my personal space. Get out my personal space. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some basic ass, like, golden retriever or something. Lame. I don't understand yeah, why people so like have animals with hair. They have a max or spot, too. It's like coarse, okay. it gets everywhere. You're talking about hair. Yeah, it's not <laughs> sand. Oh my god. Okay, let's get back on track. I don't think we can use any of that. <laughs> I'm gonna keep anything that makes uh, Mandy sound fucking weird. Um, okay, okay. On, what, back on track. Fuck? The Suez Canal. So they're losing. They're, they're losing. It says it's costing the global economy four hundred million dollars an hour. Which is is that a lot? Shit. No, it just me. Yeah, like I have to like I guess wait for packages more or something, because or maybe like things won't be available as quickly on Amazon, so I can't order like I don't know like a fucking like Bluetooth light switch that I can operate from my phone or something like I don't, all that dumb shit you buy on Amazon. The I was like it, clapper lights some start beating off and they just go on and off the whole time. <laughs> I never thought about that. Like if you're if you're really smacking it, like it would how could it not think that? Yeah, that's true. Um I'm confused. Or when you're having sex, if you're really Yeah, yeah. Just clapping them cheeks and the lights are going on and off. Just clap on. Clap on. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're losing a fuckload of money, but like I'm not losing anything. I'm no, it's enjoying fun. this. Yeah, I think it's so the point is that it's uh, it's like the airport strike that happened at JFK uh, a couple years ago. It freaked everyone out. That was like, not freaked everyone out. It like freaked rich people out a lot because one of the, these, it's trade routes, choke points <clears throat> yeah. for trade. That's the strategic target of any effective anti-capitalist movement, right? Is you have to throw your something in the gears to make it grind to a halt. And the Suez Canal is a great example of that. International airports, great example of that. Ports and port cities, great example of that. Rail yeah. yards, great example. I'm just saying, if you drop some uh, Minecraft TNT blocks all over the Suez Canal, things will start happening. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that ship, you know, in like um, in in the Phantom Menace, when like the guys are like, "Oh, this blockade is perfectly legal." That's like the ship right now, like just like stuck. In there. <laughs> yeah, maybe we should do that. We should just go certified as captains on <laughs> ships or. Merchant Marines, and then we just decide we just go up to the captain's deck and we're like, Okay, I want you to do a hard left. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, this We're is in the a 10th time you've beached a boat in the Suez Canal. How do you keep doing this? I don't know. 
what if yeah. what if you valued the what if you valued yourself like your worth as a person not in how much money you make but in how much money you cost everyone <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's the opposite i'm worth negative like 25 billion dollars what have you been doing with your life <laughs> dude yeah your negative net worth yeah hell yeah I love that's this. cool that's i'm writing that down mine's pretty high <laughs> <laughs> that education yeah, you're, costing, that, you're costing the government so much money i love it no i mean my hospital stay alone was one hundred and sixty thousand dollars. fuck yeah yeah don't repay your debts thank you taxpayers. make them yeah <laughs> now make, we have a co-host make them hate you <laughs> um, yeah, it's true yeah now you have the free time to come to this and you're not like waiting three different uh, waiting at three different restaurants um how would you tax how would you tax negative money do they have to pay you? Do they have to pay a salary to you if you have like negative billions of dollars? Well, if I get the money, I pay taxes on it. So if I take the money away, they pay me on it. Yeah, it's yeah, either they yeah. pay me or the other person pays the taxes in addition to what I cost them. Yeah. It's one of the two. Dude, I love this. So yeah. they just came out with a study. All right, was it a study? I don't know, just an article where the government was basically just like, yeah, we don't collect taxes on rich people. And we all know why that is. It's because there's been a concerted effort to defund the IRS for forever. Yeah. And whenever you defund the IRS, you basically just hurt poor people because mm-hmm. the IRS can only go after people who can't defend themselves at that point. Correct. So like most of the taxes that the IRS collect are just from people who would not be able to afford a lawyer if something was fucked up. I know right now because the IRS owes me $5,000. I'm fucking mad. What? <laughs> it's been over a year and I can't oh, get my man. fucking money from the IRS. I got my first tax return ever this year. The first time that I didn't have to pay Yeah, they're garnishing money. my tax returns right now because they fucked up on they're... on like my wage calculation what? in 2016 or whatever. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's a little personal. But anyways, <laughs> fuck the IRS. Like, fuck the IRS, but also fund them more so they can go after the people that actually owe taxes. I want to say the number is over a trillion dollars in just taxes that rich people just straight don't pay. It's like almost that entire bill they just passed. They don't even really try to hide it. It's just like, yeah, we don't really feel like paying this and you're not going to do anything about it because you go after poor people. And they'd have to like waste their time like going to like, like going to trial or whatever, (laughs) like fighting this like legally, you know, like it's not worth it. Jeff Bezos could hire every single lawyer in the United States and probably a bunch outside. Like the IRS just can't fight that. Mm-hmm. Like that's true. <laughs> you know yeah. The and that's always the method that when they want to gain control of something, they get it defunded first, then claim mm-hmm. that it's not working. Like the VA demand exactly, yes, exactly, exactly, and then demand reform for it. Same thing with public education as well. Then demand reform, which for means it, and they privatization. Bring in some sort, yeah, some something they can control better. Privatization for healthcare and whatever it's pretty hard to privatize the tax collection service <laughs> but i'm they're sure they do could, it with schools they're trying yeah. to do it with like everything yeah and it's it's just a method of gaining control over it defund oh, they it could easily make fun of the irs i get it's like a national bureau but you need like what one dude who's a government paid employee and then you just everything Hire else is like contracted out yeah you know? so then yeah it's like whoever just, owns that contracting company just like That's with true. a lot of shit that the DOD does, whoever owns that contracting company, which I guarantee is a co-sponsor on that bill, that would actually be amazing. That would be a that would be a milestone in 
the lateness of late stage capitalism <laughs> is when we privatize government tax collections. So achievement just like a unlocked. Fractal of shittiness. It gets worse the more yeah, you look yeah. at it. The farther down you go. <laughs> yeah, just the, the closer I look, there's more. <laughs> so no tax for the rich, um, including Jeff Bezos. Right, Jeff Bezos will shell out ten thousand dollars a day to break the strike. I mean, I guess he's not CEO anymore, but I mean, come on. Like, he only stepped down from CEO because he's not the richest human being on the planet. Yeah, he rage quit. Jealous of Elon Musk. He rage quit, yeah. <laughs> he rage quit Amazon. <laughs> the fucking, yeah, $10,000 a day. Amazon is spending $10,000 a day to break the strike, to frustrate all efforts to the strike. They're like diverting traffic. I, I saw an article that said they're, they have off duty cops who are like trying to strike break over there in Alabama right now. That's so lame. Dude. It's so it like of course though right we knew uh, it's like we yeah. so you like a cop you go strike break and then go back to like your police union where you can't get fired like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the police union that prevent like just allows you to kill black people yeah <laughs> with and impunity. then yeah and yeah and in trial they're like hey look police officers operate in a very gray area it's not always <laughs> clear. It's not as clear. I thought it was back uh, the blue. If they're and safe or gray. not. No, I'm pretty stoked about the Amazon stuff in Alabama, though. It's pretty cool. It seems like there's something happening there still. Like, it hasn't been squashed. And, like, Amazon's mm-hmm. starting to kind of feel it with the fucking PR pressure that they're getting. So Yeah, like, how many bottles of piss did they have to stack up before they they were just like, yo, fuck this. Yes, yeah. and it's literally, yeah, they're Amazon drivers and then, like, even the, uh, the fulfillment. Workers, yeah, the fulfillment yeah. center workers are pissing in bottles because if they take x number of minutes off work they either get docked pay or fired or something like that it's crazy and like the the pr department is trying to like backpedal i saw some twitter posts where like amazon twitter official twitter was like we never there's never been any documented case of workers pissing in bottles and then a bunch of actual amazon workers replied yeah to that we just like, I can show you. we just catheterized them, them instead <laughs> so that they Dude. don't have to Dude, can we do that? Can we ask? Uh, can we put a post out and be like, "Hey, if you're an Amazon worker and you have pictures of your piss bottles, like, please send me, <laughs> send me your piss, Pen send me, yeah, just mail them." We promise. <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> mail them to this address, and like, I just want to send them to like the we, the third cavalry regiment commander's office. <laughs> just, just send them to Bezos. Just find yeah. one of his property addresses and just mail him bottles of piss. God, it won't do anything, but it'll be funny. It would be like someone who sorts his mail out would have to be like, you can't, you can't send this in the mail, and they're like, it's just, <laughs> it's just samples. <laughs> this is part so, of my job, all right. Literally, this is this is my my beautiful boy Bernie is going to Alabama though to show solidarity with the with okay. the people on strike there, which is fucking awesome. But he's not the only one. There's a bunch of politicians at state and, and federal level that are going down. Not What's just up? politicians. Killer Mike. Is in support of the Fuck Amazon yes. workers. <laughs> Dude, wherever Bernie goes, Killer Mike goes. I love that. <laughs> so, the it looks like something's happening. They haven't been able to break the strike yet. There's more and more support. I've seen news articles on it for months now. It's encouraging. I don't know. I think it's cool. I'm I'm hopeful that something could fucking happen because you get one victory in a state like Alabama, and then that sets the precedent legally and also emotionally and narratively to generate change at every other fulfillment center in the country. And then also places where warehouse workers are exploited and delivery drivers are exploited at other companies like UPS. UPS had a big issue because they kept making guys work through the pandemic without any like assurances that they'd have protection from COVID. Got to deliver. 
You know who's not doing shit though? Biden. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I thought Joe you were Biden. gonna say you, and I was like, no, why would you? Well, I'm talking about it on the podcast. That's labor, all right? Yeah. I'm, <laughs> yeah. Hey, do you guys want to start a podcasters union? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what? Biden campaigned on being the most pro-union president ever. Yeah. And union this Joe. New York, this union New York Joe. Times article is like. He's the most pro-union president ever, but then also won't actually take a stance on this <laughs> this Amazon union issue. Meanwhile, Bernie's like, I'm fucking there. I'm yeah. there tomorrow. Bernie's like, yo, Amazon can lick my taint. Like, that was basically <laughs> what... I get his emails from his, like, campaign stuff, <laughs> and he, like, has this long... It's the, the only one better was the one where he shed on the Walton family, the Walmart people. The Walton and he was family. like, look at what all these rich kids do with their fucking bullshit. He's like, every single... Like, half the goddamn cashiers at Walmart are on food stamps. He's like, meanwhile, this, like, the oldest kid in the Walton family has a $200 million exotic car collection and just, all this shit. And he just lists off all this stuff. He's like, this family is the richest family in America. Like, you know, RE, fuck them. <laughs> basically how it read. It was awesome. Um, I love Bernie's emails. Anyway, Biden stoked the flames of hatred against anyone who has over like a million dollars. It's like you said, like all you well, have Bernie do, has over a million dollars. So whatever Bernie's wealth level is at, just whatever's no whoever's over that. That's the max. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. the max. That's all. You, that's the most you can have. The 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 way Biden came out and said something about it was such just weak sauce, limp dick bullshit. It was like he didn't mention Amazon in his thing. He just said, "Hey, I'm standing with." The workers in Alabama were uh, forced desire a vote on unionization or something like that. And he never he mentioned the Amazon. Obama thing. Let me be clear. Yeah, it's not up to me to decide whether anyone should join a union. But let me be even more clear. <laughs> it's not up to the employer to decide that either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> congratulations. <laughs> you took no stance. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like it's he's Such just, just fall down another be... set of stairs and put me out of my misery. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. That could be what gets him. It's like when the Vivance fucking wears off and he just can't put his feet in front of the other. Yeah, but then we'll just have just... Mamala. Mamala Harris. That's talk about, a strike breaker. If talk about feet pics I want to see. You know what I mean? Um, the So here's the other thing that I like freaked out about. Meanwhile, Senator Marco Rubio of Florida, a high-profile Republican, recently penned an op-ed saying he is standing, quote, with those at Amazon's Bessemer Warehouse today, end quote. <laughs> like, Marco like, Rubio. literally standing, or did he just write the words, I'm standing? No, he's literally, like, <laughs> he's got a whole, like, look at this. This is, I found the op-ed, and in the middle of it, the section is, wrong for both workers and our economy. It says, for decades, companies like Amazon have been allies of the left in the culture war. But when their bottom line is threatened, yeah. <laughs> but when their bottom line is threatened, they turn to conservatives to save them. Republicans have <laughs> rightly Shocking. understood the dangers posed by the unchecked influence of labor unions. Dude, adversarial review. Yes, this <laughs> he is. Thinks the culture war is whenever the Amazon PR department tweeted something about Black Lives Matter. Yes, that's yeah. what he thinks. Like Amazon being on the left is they're basically a communist yeah. regime. He might be. <laughs> he might be savvy here in in some sense. This is, I think, a Republican Honestly, strategy yeah. to like pull. To keep the working class guys, they got to uh, come over to their side under the Trump era. The mm -hmm. so he says this. It's like, but the days of conservatives being taken for granted by the business community are over. Here's my standard: when the conflict is between working Americans and a company whose leadership has decided to wage culture war against working class values, what? <laughs> the choice is easy: 
I support the workers. And that's why I stand with those at Amazon, Amazon's Bessemer Warehouse today. But is that a culture war between the... <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, let's, let us remember who these people are. Like, they, the thing that makes them conservative is that they hate, like, trans bathrooms and stuff. And mm-hmm. Amazon, it is the easiest thing. To, this is the, another criticism of woke culture is that it is the easiest fucking thing to be a woke corporation. They do that, yeah. and then they get like this. They get points for diversity. That's like almost getting a tax break, and they brag about how this. Like, look, we have people of all colors, religions, and genders flipping burgers for less than minimum wage at our fucking <laughs> burger chains. It's like it's great, you know. And everyone's just like, "That's yes, like you know, this is this is advancement. We're really pushing pushing liberal society." And there's there's like a sense of cognitive dissonance there that. Everyone kind of knows, except unless unless you're writing for like the New York Times editorial board or something. Everyone knows that, and the savvy enough Republicans are going to take advantage of that. Oh yeah, and, and Marco Rubio gonna, like cost the Democrats the midterms. At least he said. At least like, he said, Amazon workers. Yeah, 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 he's got he's got more like Marxist rhetoric <laughs> than you know. <laughs> Well, yeah, like but Biden does half of, like a bunch of the Biden administration is staffed by people who used to work for Amazon. It's they're like intertwined significantly. Yeah. I want to like I don't have the names, but like that read that about that too. It's fucking wild. The it, uh, Biden is a business administration. Like that's what it, like he oh, launched yeah. his campaign from. Like he, I think he literally said at the announcement speech, he's like, "I will not take, I will not be run by big business. I'm about like the working man. I'm Union Joe, whatever the fuck he then said." Immediately staffed his entire cabinet with just like. Ex well, board no. of directors, people like that evening, he announced his campaign, went to a health insurance CEO's house and had a mixer fundraiser thing. Like he took money from Drinking, all the major adrenochrome. Right. Yeah. Right <laughs> away. He took money from all these people right away. Like the Bush administration, or fucking, I don't know why I said Bush administration, the Wall Street guys, same thing. <laughs> fucking. That's it's like what happened with Obama when he was like, I'm gonna break up the banks, and then he goes in there and he's like, you know what? Maybe we don't need to break up the banks when he got elected. Like, <laughs> you know what? I actually really do like shrimp cocktails. Yeah, not getting rid of these. Did you ever just feel crazy? No, we're, uh, we call it Pillow Scream Radio because we're normal, well-adjusted people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I my mental health. Is it's kept under control only by this podcast? That's literally (laughs) it. So they just opened an Amazon fulfillment center in my hometown. Like I live kind of out in the country, I guess. Rest in peace. Yeah, but I like everybody is so thrilled about this. Like they're just so happy about it. They're like, yeah, like beep town rising. You know, like we're coming back. Like this is it. We're like back in, like back in the game now because we have this. And I'm just like, this is not like a good thing. I don't know why you guys are so happy about this, but I just like, I feel. Yeah, didn't we go through the same thing with Walmart? Like they would go mm-hmm. into a small town, just essentially just rip out every single like family-owned business in there because they could sell cheap shit for okay, cheaper. Okay, so you know? my hometown had the. In the early 2000s, like, my hometown had the number one most profitable Walmart Supercenter in the United States. But, like, the rest of the place is just, like, 
a complete disaster. It's like so infuriating to me. Yeah, this is just the cycle of capitalism. You're going to replace like one warehouse distribution center until with another until like there's no oceans anymore. That's it. Yeah, Yeah, the absolute end state of capitalism of this sort is where one person has all of the money and everyone else has nothing. That's yeah. that's the end. It's just that's the natural progression. Goes. There yeah. isn't any other the trajectory. Intermediate, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Intermediate stages of this are where all of the towns that we grew up in, the you know exterior suburban places, get drained of absolutely every single dollar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but when and there's no, there's, there's one central location where everyone goes, and the rich people get to celebrate and party and have their playground, and the rest of us out here just continually feed them dollars. It's like. That that is the end state of this capitalist system. That's how that works. It's a se- increasingly centralized, like conglomeration in in the cent- financial center of the world, like New York City. When there's no like there's no federal mandate saying you know like it, yeah you need to pay people fifteen an hour or whatever you want to say like and this Amazon place or Walmart like comes into these towns and it's like well we'll pay you sixteen an hour and it's like everybody else just like can't I, I mean like that seems like a good alternative and then it just like ruins everything else i'm sorry i'm mm-hmm. just i'm getting like emotional about this <laughs> like yeah well, no, yeah it's the same it's the same thing because they're going to surpass walmart in their expansiveness it is just oh they already worth. have for sure and for yeah net worth but it's going to be the same the same effect these giant rectangular buildings that take all of your money out of your town and leave you with nothing I know that's the worst the part is that the buildings themselves just hideous. Like, <laughs> yo, I remember like a significant critique of the Soviet Union was like, look at their buildings; they're all just so utilitarian and like brutalist. Yeah. Like, have you seen a Walmart building? It looks like shit. It looks terrible. <laughs> it is. It's just fucking pavement. <laughs> yeah. Like, they just they just take some just like natural woodland and just put pavement over it, and then put four corners in a fucking box. And then slap Walmart label on the side. <laughs> We're like, yeah. this is better somehow? Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. It's and it's also it's worse because it's not built to last either. That's yeah, the difference. It's just like, gonna deteriorate once that particular Walmart super center is no longer maximally profitable profitable. Yeah. The most beautiful Walmart I can imagine is like an I am legend Walmart where like there's <laughs> deer running around the parking lot, broken cars, like the Walmart's run down all the animals have raided the entire food section i would like to like, see a mid-century it, modern walmart like she's like going as like like atomic you know, like fawn. i've gotten freaked out before because i've been i've been in a fancy mcdonald's it actually had a fountain in it i think this was in louisiana somewhere i can't remember like there was an actually like a fountain with like water trickling and like really nice nice booths you could set in and then like a, a one dollar cheeseburger <laughs> they had it freaks me out i didn't N64s. understand how to like they had like the n64 <laughs> gaming stations that. at the mcdonald's like where you could like go in and like you know like do you live in 2002 like yeah i thought those didn't exist no anymore. they had the, i don't know if they still do i haven't been in a while like kind of they used to have playstations kind of fit into a dress in a couple months like can't like <laughs> all right so if you're not uh, aware of this the GOP has initiated its offensive on voter rights. It's, they've been pushing for these laws, and the first one, first it's real not round, initiated. This is just a continuation of everything that's been going on. That's true. For yeah, them. but because they're basically, they know they're overrepresented. They know that they they control. It's the same thing. Same reason Marco Rubio published that fucking op-ed and tries to have this woke stance. And 
on things. Um, not woke stance, but this working class stance on it uh, is that they know they're on, they're one overrepresented. They know that they have like a very loose grip on power because mm-hmm. it's all like gerrymandering and a variety of other things, and then yeah, the brainwashing efforts Dan across Cren- campus. Like we, anyone knows Dan Crenshaw's name is because he has the most uh, gerrymandered district in all of the world. Yes, it's absurd. Yeah. Yeah, it, like so. his district goes around Houston, Texas, and it's like a C shape just around the entire fucking. He's got like a little bit of he's got like a little bit of space on like the western side of six ten it looks like, and then I forty five just like juts out, and just following him around this really weird C shape. It looks like he's got like a little bit of the woodlands up there in like spring north of Texas. Mm-hmm. Oh my mm-hmm. god! Yeah, the entire so fuck the, the entire the district. Very reason that that didn't <laughs> lose power during the snowstorm. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably what happened oh my god you guys um, got like a little bit of, oh sorry texas got like a little bit of ice that's insane no then we talked about Texans. this in one of the other episodes yeah then, i right, didn't sorry. listen we're, to we're any of Georgia, the other episodes right? yeah so they well fucking fix that i listened to two <laughs> episodes do your oh. job okay oh, jesus yeah. i'm starting to wonder how committed you are to this uh the uh <laughs> so here's like new york times has a bunch of opinions on how enraged and freaked out i should be about that because that's their business model is freaking everyone out but the facts are that georgia's sweeping new provisions passed by a republican controlled legislature represent the most substantive overhaul of a battleground state's voting system since last november's election it would impose stricter voter identification requirements for absentee balloting limit drop boxes and forbid giving water and snacks to voters waiting in line like i don't even know what to say about that uh, it's, I, I, it's, <laughs> I saw a lot of lib brain takes on this like what, the water and snacks thing like not from like news sources just like people online are just like we'll we'll just like charge them one cent and we'll give them like as much water and snacks as they need because then it's a business and like republicans love businesses so like gotcha <laughs> <laughs> you figured it out you fixed the law because yeah. you're going to sell How about peanuts for winning more elections, you fucking like, <laughs> How about doing anything? I fucking, yeah, I fucking hate Democrats. I hate them more than Republicans, I think. Losers. Yeah, frankly, that's it. They're just losers.
So, let's consider ourselves started back up again. What are we talking about today for the main topic at the one hour, 21 minute, and 33 second mark? Uh, Milwaukee Brewing Companies. That's right. Paps Blue Ribbon. That's the official the punk rock brewers. I don't want to talk about Milwaukee. Wisconsin. <laughs> you don't like PBR? No, I don't like the Packers. Why don't you like the Packers? They're the only socially owned football team. Well, first of all, I think green and yellow is an atrocious color scheme compared to purple and yellow. So, so different. But <laughs> Skull Vikes. <laughs> <laughs> I think are all you, of those colors are, are terrible. You, <laughs> those are like my least favorite colors. It's just green, purple, so and yellow. I didn't even want to do this segment because I didn't want to have to learn about something from Wisconsin. They're not from Wisconsin. The Packers? Milwaukee. Wait, is Milwaukee, Wisconsin? Yes. Crazy? They're not oh from Milwaukee. God. They're from that. Green Bay. It's still Wisconsin. I'll leave that in. We shouldn't, <laughs> we shouldn't take things for granted, Morty. <laughs> Where did you think Milwaukee was? Yeah. Illinois? Uh, Minnesota, actually. <laughs> well, you were probably really confused when I was like saying "fuck Wisconsin." Yeah, it's I mean, just off topic. It, it's like in yeah, my okay. head, all of those like northern, like oh yeah, don't you know? Like all those people just blend together in my head. There's just no distinction. <laughs> yeah, just a bunch of cheese eating, jacket wearing. Yeah, so like your consternation about Minnesota versus Wisconsin, I. Just I don't get it. I know I don't get it either. I'm literally from the East Coast. Like, why do I even care? It's like I don't. It's not. It's not that I don't see color. It's that I don't see differences in just like Midwest white people. It just I don't get it. And like also in theme with the racism thing, I just assume they all know each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Listen, yeah. There's only one person here who actually cares about the NFL. And it's the diversity pick. The men yeah, I just imagine every single person who lives in those states is Linda Litchke from Fargo. And that's <laughs> <it>. <laughs> like, They're all that person. Yeah, so we're not talking about the fucking... We're not talking about Pass Blue Ribbon. We're not talking about fucking Green Bay Packers. And we're sure as fuck not talking about the Minnesota Vikings. Oh, man. We're, not? we're talking about... We're talking about the sewer socialists. And by that, I mean... Sewer socialists. The Milwaukee socialists. Milwaukee is unique... Among cities, and that it's the only town in America that elected three socialist mayors. They had a period of 50 years socialist uh, political rule, and it actually is fucking awesome. It's pretty much the argument for socialism working. It works. You're telling me it's not the iron hand of the Soviet state in uh, Wisconsin. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, because... That's yeah, it, and they, they talk about a whole bunch. They they talk about its strengths and its pitfalls in that documentary we watched. Well, I recommend this documentary. We 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 got together and watched it as a viewing party last night. It's called America's, America's Socialist Express. America's Socialist Experiment. Yeah. For nearly fifty years, one of the largest cities in America was run by socialists. I don't think people understand it. Socialist mayors were the rock stars of the age. They fought for working people, immigrants, and the environment. These were not charismatic, flashy ideologues. The public had trust in government. It's the story of America's socialist experiment. It's on Amazon. You have to pretty much search those exact terms to get it to come up because Amazon doesn't want you... Jeff Bezos doesn't want you hearing about them. Yeah, Yeah, I'm surprised they're allowing this to be watched like while they're trying to unionize. 
Yeah, well, if you search <laughs> that, and then the other thing that comes up is like America's commune, and then like some far right conspiracy thing called like the Celtic white nationalist United States of North America thing. I was like, those are the three things that came up. And I'm like, you literally just lump all people who are like not in the fucking Overton window together, don't you? Like, that's great. <laughs> yes, actually. Um, that's 100% yeah, they do. that's how they do it. Yeah. Their horseshoe looks like a circle to them, apparently. And we're in the half that they don't like. Um, yeah, so socialism works. And early 20th century, Milwaukee was a great little case study in it. I think it's the one we should use to compare what, like, a Bernie Sanders administration would be versus this continued neoliberal bullshit hell world that we're trying to create. We're on the brink of realizing. Yeah, I mean, what did you guys think of the documentary? What, what stood out to you? So, one, the Milwaukee socialists were were really big on like actually just ground level organizing, and but but ground level organizing not to like elect people or like to get certain laws passed, but to just clean shit up literal shit up because <laughs> um, their biggest their biggest pillar was the sewers right just f- this this town is disgusting <laughs> there's just sewage running everywhere and they instead of like relying on you know the city government to pass a bill saying that they were going to fund you know a new like sewer containment like sewage containment facility they're just like we're gonna we're gonna do it we're just gonna do it right now <laughs> you know yeah i mean i think they did focus on elections to some extent that was how they they just sort of like had this rational approach to local town politics and they forced yeah, someone yeah. into office and then used that to to fix the sewage problem and that was that was so the sewage problem why they're called the super socialists it was uh german immigrants mostly because it was a german population in milwaukee it still is that's why it's mm-hmm. kind of the way it is and they brought with them at that time a lot of ideas from Europe and this kind of like anti- Marx and Engels kind of stuff. Exactly. Yeah. And this kind of anti-aristocratic approach to politics. And they all showed up and they all met up with the German family that was already there. And they started working. And a lot of these people were like, had left nicer jobs in Europe to come to America and work working class jobs. And they're living in these like migrant workers camps, essentially, that are pretty shitty. They're very tight quarters and... And the sewage was pretty much running down little gutters that had been dug in the middle of the fucking camps. And it was just out yeah. there in the open, and sewage carries disease, and, and obviously just fucking smells bad and is gross. And Hepatitis, polio. Does that come from sewage? Pol- polio comes from sewage? Yes. Interesting. <laughs> it's a serious yeah, problem. Like, it's not just, like, that it's gross. Like, it's, like, probably the biggest, like, public health concern. I mean, I don't have to defend. I'm one. I'm more impressed that we have Dr. Mandy here with us to explain it. That's great. Thank <laughs> you. again. The expertise is good. Um, yeah, no. By far, the biggest problem was the disease thing. Like people were dying from this, mm-hmm. and uh, apart from it just being kind of like this marker of civilization. Uh, yeah, it was a it was a health risk. It was a huge problem. And as usual, fucking poor people are taking the brunt of the problem <laughs> and they're the ones getting sick and dying and kids are dying and things like that. So Milwaukee socialists are rational and Germans being who they are. They're just very practical in their approach. To things. <laughs> they were like, well, we got to do something about the goddamn sewage. So they banded together, uh, you know, probably along a lot of cultural lines and, and had some solidarity that was just intrinsic to being Germans in a foreign country. And, got someone elected and took the sewage, made a sewage collection center. They filtered it several times and then bagged it and turned it into fertilizer, which they then sold to the city or sold the city then sold to residents to fertilize their lawns with. And it worked pretty well. So not only did they have uh, 
they'd fixed the problem of sewage and they weren't piping it into the fucking river like Chicago was doing. They were <laughs> helping everyone's lawns turn green. Like, it's just kind of fucking cool. Isn't that one so, of, like, the running themes through the, the whole documentary was actually the socialists were extremely fiscally responsible throughout the whole thing? Oh, yeah. Like, that's the more fiscally responsible than any of these fucking Republican weirdos, these centrist fuckheads. They're like, the national debt is the number one thing. It's like, socialism is the way to keep a balanced budget because they actually just yeah. are like this money is being allocated towards rich people bullshit fuck that they can go be middle income people like the rest of us they don't need it let's put it on welfare services on on public mm-hmm. works infrastructure things like that like and that generates more budget exactly the oil subsidy holy fuck them, dude. that thing you sent people who actually need it jesus Seriously, that that thing off topic. The thing you sent about the F thirty five, that website that Lockheed put up to explain how many jobs would be lost if we cancel the F thirty five program. Mm-hmm. Mind blowing, psychotic. Fucking yeah. yeah. Like, point is that they just they like they said that the Milwaukee socialists were big on the uh, inventories and budget yeah. management and things. So they basically just found they didn't need to tax more because everything in your current system is so misallocated anyways they can just take the money that's already being taxed move it to programs that actually benefit you the way a government is supposed to and just make something out of it anyway so sewage was the first example of that and the interesting thing that came the sewer socialist nickname came from not republicans or democrats it was other socialists on the east coast who said that these sewer socialists are sort of small time modest not goals. revolutionary enough yeah, they're not big, grandiose visionaries, which I think was a point of disagreement between at least Alex and I. I don't know where Mandy falls in on this one. Not a huge disagreement, but like just kind of a feeling on it. Like I think it is, it is, it does reflect my opinion on how socialism should start from below. It should be people, people getting together to solve their problems because the government won't do it. And then when you do that, you have immediate buy-in and solidarity on the basis of the problem you solved. And it generates a socialism from below as opposed to socialism from above, which tends to look a lot like just the imposition of a new idea by force or something. Yeah, uh, like, and they were really big on doing shit that people cared about. They would host sports games. They would host concerts. uh, They would host just like general community events all of the time. Because they, yeah. they had this implicit understanding that if you offer people things that they care about, if you give them value, then they're going to vote you back into office. As opposed to this neoliberal paradigm, which is uh, take away their bump stocks. Because yeah. that's, that's the fucking root cause of all the, of our problems. They, they also tried to do like public housing projects as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we said that, they actually said that those failed because yeah. people were kind of individual. And you said it was... I think we decided it was because it was in the roaring 20s and people had this individualist. Yep. And that was our, we didn't, we're not historians. We did fucking zero research on that. We don't actually know anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like at, at every step of the way, they were kind of competing with the natural human tendency to just like individually care about only the things that you can see. Um, and they, they did that. But like I said, hosting a lot of the concerts and just getting, getting know, people, people to care about each other. Yeah. Yeah. Making frankly. friends. Yeah. The, would you call it the, the, the beer socialism, because <laughs> yeah. I mean, because Germans, 
Germans will literally like I think the average German if you refuse to give them beer will just like die of a fucking genetic hangover because they need <laughs> they need it to survive just a and, constant stream of alcohol yeah so they had like I imagine they had like Oktoberfests and fucking Kirvas and stuff like that the German traditions and they bonded over these cultural cultural events they did a whole bunch of cool things like the what was it? they made beaches they just like dredged up like other sand and put beaches yeah, that they had no they, that was that was absolutely sick because they realized that all of the the beachfront property was just owned by rich people, and so they just they just dredged everything. It was like we're moving our beaches, right? yeah. <laughs> like you just don't have beaches anymore. Now we have beaches. <laughs> and they also started really, I think, the first example of something that's commonplace today, which is uh, workers' comp, workers' compensation. Yeah, no, there was a. There's actually a number of things that they did. They had they had workers' comp. They had to a certain extent, a level of basic income, which was the work relief program. Mm-hmm. Like if you were out of a job for whatever, you got a certain amount of money. I want to say it was like $50 a month, which in that time was a significant amount of money because the next highest was $8 a month. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they had all of these these programs that were essentially like the foundation of FDR's New Deal, the 40-hour work week, the workman's comp, the work relief program. Mm-hmm. And... The downfall of the Milwaukee Socialists was, you know, not because they failed. It's because all of their ideas got roped up into the New Deal. So whenever the New Deal happened, the Socialists were kind of just in power for like a generation or two. And everyone looked at them and was like, what are you still doing here? Well, yeah, that's the thing, you- right? It's like a lot of the stuff that they came up with, like today, we're just like, see as commonplace. Because like back then was yeah. like actually like a radical thing, like. The entire idea of workers comp like you said or like even just public housing or anything like did not exist before they tried to do yeah. this it's like every good thing that we can attribute to our government is because of socialists <laughs> yeah like the 40-hour work week the fact that weekends exist the fact that children are not like wage slaves the fact that we have workman's comp and social security, anything that doesn't suck mm-hmm. is be- probably because a socialist did it. No, it, and it like campaigned for it. Yeah. Yeah. All those things you listed were explicitly socialist programs. Mm. And that's like an example. Like, so AARP is full of conservative old fucks. Right. And that's one of those things, that, but they fucking go to bat for social security every fucking time because it's their source of income and stability in old age. It helps them live with dignity at the end of their life. Yeah. And that, that's no question about it. You have to fucking, keep that right the point is like the fucking social programs are beloved and people will die for them if you yeah. try to take it away from them because like the, the nhs well, in the uk just like yes. a hyper conservative country will never give up the nhs because no. it's just it's just beloved i mean it's a shit system it's terrible there's a lot of things that can go better with it but it's but nice to know it's there. Any, yeah, it's fucking nice to know it's there. And that's the same. Like, that's why the fact that Democrats just fall on their ass every time we're talking about like Medicare for all or any of these social programs, you could win the electorate forever if you yes. just pass Medicare for all, dude. Or or if fuck. Biden woke up tomorrow and just legalized marijuana <laughs> by executive order, which is what Bernie said. Like, yeah, Bernie <laughs> promised he was going to do on day one of his presidency, which was. Yeah, because he can just decriminalize it, right? He can just literally say, like, this is not something that we're going to pursue. 
criminal yeah, charges. Like against. it would be so fucking easy. Yeah, you could just win all of the time by passing something that people actually care about. Not these technocratic, weird fucking like tweaks in the edges of our system to make sure that only a certain type of person who's like a certain type of entrepreneur can get a certain type of credit so mm-hmm. that their education is paid for. We're like no, people. make it real fucking simple. Just say. Educate like secondary education is free for everybody. Yep. Boom. You win. <laughs> it's so And it's not that easy. fucking hard. It's cheaper. You save money it's by cheaper. doing it. Like, yes. You could cut so you know what it costs to, to fucking legalize not legalize, um, to uh pay for everyone's college tuition? It's like forty nine billion dollars. A year. Right. Yeah. Just like less than the F thirty five program costs. It's oh my god. F thirty five is like yeah, holy shit. How much is it per year? It's like fucking. It's like I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but it's like fifty billion or something like that. Like yeah, like Medicare for all would save us. Yeah, or six six hundred fifty billion annually. Like it's yeah, and it, like the Milwaukee socialists are the proof of concept for they the are. fact that all on of the these ground actually work. You elect a socialist mayor, and things happen in that term that make yeah. your life better. Parks start showing up. Workman's comp is now an option. Unemployment insurance from the city is available. They also kind of like made the uh, Spanish flu way less severe. They pushed vaccinations. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. yeah, exactly. They pushed a vaccination campaign. So I wonder what a socialist mayor would have done in, in COVID. the COVID pandemic. Yeah. Huh, interesting. <laughs> interesting thought. I don't know. Let's, I'll let you run with that one, listener. Uh, the, <laughs> it's, it is kind of this. I, I wrote down. I don't know if you guys agree with this. You but saw my notes, the, <laughs> yeah, the, four lines. Of that. Yeah, actually, let's pause. Let's read Mandy's notes. Where did, do we still have those? You please send them. I sent them to you guys already. Yep, got them. <laughs> so, all right, I'm gonna read them out. Uh, <laughs> I can't find them, so I'm just. So it's literally five lines. <laughs> just, <laughs> sewage is a problem. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Sewer socialists, heroes in a half shell. Prostitutes in bars. Rose sounds all right. Corruption not good. <laughs> I feel like I'm I'm reading Charlie from It's Always Sunny, who is functionally illiterate. <laughs> Emil Seidel, that's the first socialist member. Emil Seidel, shut down brothels, fire corrupt workers, train the cops, clean government. Yeah, that's good. That's actually a good note. Frank Zeidler's brother fell off a boat. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, because wasn't one of the socialist mayors, yeah. like, his brother was this very popular, like, political figure with the strong yeah, jawline and, like, a bra- blonde crew cut and everything. Yeah. And he fell off a boat and died. <laughs> yeah, just was lost like, at sea. Fuck, I gotta do this now. Which is where the dumped at sea story came from. She's like, oh, I've been dumped at sea, too. <laughs> yeah. I was showing solidarity. I remember solidarity. saying, like, fuck. <laughs> I was like, I, I remember saying, like, God damn it, this guy looks like shit. <laughs> and you're like, hold your horses. <laughs> he actually does a lot of good things. Like, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That was, I think, my favorite story in the whole thing was when, because they had established basically like a little bit of a, a semi European social democracy in, in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. And it was a large, large like German population, German-speaking population there. So the king of Belgium wanted to come visit, and they yeah. invited him to come out. And they were like, "Well, we would like the mayor, uh, Frank Zidel, to come." Meet. Or was Frank it Frank Zidel's brother? No, no, right? no, no, no. This is the guy before it. It's what was his name? I thought it was his brother, Daniel Hone. Hone, Hone yeah, that guy. right. 
Yeah. So Daniel Hone, <laughs> Daniel Hone was the mayor, the the second of the socialist mayors, the three socialist mayors, and was invited by the Belgian uh, uh, entourage to come meet the king of Belgium, and he said. Yeah, I stand with the working man. I do not stand for aristocracy. To hell with kings was <laughs> published yeah. in the fucking paper. To hell with kings. It's to like hell with kings. Fucking yes, dude. This is no why gods, no masters. That's exactly. That's why we don't talk about the royals on this podcast. That's just because you won't give me a chance. <laughs> you can talk about Diana. Not yeah, now. Diana was cool. Not now. Later. Are you silencing women right now? She's staring at me. I'm like, well, yeah, I'm <laughs> silencing any fucking monarchist. Yeah, that, I bet I am. <laughs> Feel free to talk about anything. <laughs> to hell with kings. Um, yeah. It was, yeah, fucking awesome. I think he said that, like, that came out, and we were both like, ah, I guess I fucking love it. Like, it's the right energy. Holy fuck. Yeah, socialists yeah. are objectively just cooler. They than are cooler. All of the rest of the yeah. politicians. Even the weakest, like, nerdiest looking bookworm of a socialist is fucking cooler than any of these like bow tie wearing conservative fucks like what's his name um what i was tucker carlson that's a good one yeah that's a tuck tuckle carlson i know it's hard to yeah. say ever say his name yeah right. tuckle tuckle mccarface <laughs> ben ben shapiro yeah ben ben shapiro benjamin shapipi yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> dude okay so about the milwaukee socialists i wrote down two notes they had one big strength and one big weakness. Their big strength we've already talked about is their just their ability to get shit done in a very practical sense to provide value for people who just had nothing else going on and value like immediate value. Just laws that were passed, there was like systems that were set up, institutions that were established that immediately fixed people's lives for the better within less than a generation. And the fact that they were focused on that meant that they got massive popular support throughout Milwaukee during that time. Mm -hmm. However, their weakness was almost like almost to a certain extent, the fact that their the stuff that they were going for got rolled up so easily into the new deal and then was essentially subsumed into the current state of affairs to the point that they got forgotten about. And like once the new deal passed, they talked in the documentary about how the socialists just kind of became old news. Everything that they had wanted to do got done, and then they just rested on their laurels and got voted out of office after like three terms, right? And we're sitting here 80, 80 years later. New Deal has been passed, and we've been living under this new paradigm for however long, and everything fucking sucks still. Like We didn't, we didn't finish the job. The very fact that the the Milwaukee socialists were doing doing like the very the socialist things on the ground, but without like a driving vision of what the end state actually would be, which was like an overhaul, like a socialist overhaul of this capitalist system. That's why they failed, and they they talked a lot about how they worked with businesses at certain points, which like I guess you have to do if you're very focused on like the very immediate needs. Yeah, of, they they had like, like a truce with business. It seemed like yeah, but I don't trust business to honor a truce. I think is a problem. Yeah, clearly because you know we have all of the things now supposedly yeah. that the socialists worked for, like the work week and the weekends and stuff like that, and everything still sucks. You know, like 
But now we just replaced all of these hourly jobs with salaries so that it, now they can start working you to 80 hours, 80 hours a That's week true. again. Yep. Um, like we're still working weekends. We're still working our fucking gig jobs. Like capitalism found a way to make everything shitty again. Yeah. They held because certain we finished things. the job. Exactly. Yeah. They held certain things constant. And then capitalism yep. was like, okay, I will have massive public backlash if we try to fuck with these specific things like social security, but they find other variables to absolutely mm-hmm. minimize, to basically make it effectively shitty still. They had another yep. pretty big problem. What was that? Well, we talked before about how they were all just like people coming from Germany and they were, I feel like they could have been more successful if they tried to bring more people into their movement instead of trying to exclude people. Well, Vic Berger was specifically the the racist guy. They were actually, it seemed like they had a really good race record. They had uh, an African-American publish, a population that tripled while they were there. But I just wonder like, if from the beginning, you know, like they tried to like bring like everybody in, you know? Yeah, it's true. Yeah. So this is, there is something to be said for that. And this is why European socialism, it takes root faster because they have an understanding like that they will fight less to have their dollars pay for someone else because they know that that person is like them, was raised in a similar culture, has similar values. It's this kind of psychic uh, or psychological understanding that that person is like me to the point that they are me enough to justify spending dollars on them. They're a member of my tribe, so to speak, or a member of my, my clan. Where, whereas in America, you don't have that social fabric, right? You can only have it in places where there's a significant pocket of the immigration. Which is Immig- why it worked there. was because, fabric. like, so many of them, like, had come from the same place. And then, you know, they already had, like, kind of community when they got here. Yeah, I I think that is yeah, the number one. That, they decided that. That is, like, the number one reason it was able to. That's why solidarity is the, the soil out of which a socialist system can grow. Yeah. And I think I, I, I'm hopeful. I, again, allow myself to be hopeful because we have cities, I think, down south in the, you know, ye old Texas that have a significant immigrant population of yep. a certain type that if you can, if you can speak to that culture and their cultural values, you can, you can really make something grow out of that because the vast majority of hyper exploited working class people in the southern half of the United States are Hispanics. So I think that's there's there's something to be said for that, and the fact that it's Germans, I mean, they probably imported a lot of that stuff with them from Germany. I think that was a claim, but I think it wouldn't be hard to make that take root in a Hispanic population as well. That's why they talk about Texas turning blue. Yeah, but like if if we restart another socialist movement and we think that the limit of what we're going to accomplish is going to be Medicare for all and legalizing weed and reducing the military industrial complex and free education. Mm-hmm. If those are like the four things that we're able to accomplish and then we just stop and we we're, we like stop before the finish line mm-hmm. and we're like, oh yeah, this is good enough. Then we're going to fail again. All of those accomplishments are going to be rolled back in another couple of generations because that's just the natural trend of, you know, capitalist wealth accumulation. If we don't get all the way to the end, which is the abolition of the wage mm-hmm. and like <laughs> and like ter- like removing money from just everything d- decommodifying our existence until we get to that point we haven't we're not stopping and that has to be the distinction between the Milwaukee socialists and anything that comes after them that's a good point i think that's because we had this discussion over text 
I mm-hmm. think. And man, he was witnessing it. And she's like, "Are we fighting?" And we're like, "No, we're <laughs> we're Figuring deciding something." The it's both both of these things have have to be they have to coexist, right? Because you can just yeah. as easily have a you know like they talked about the Eastern visionary type of socialist who has these big ideas and has read all the marks and the angles and has read Adorno and whatnot and <laughs> is super up to speed on the theory and they want to fix everything federal and that would definitely do some good but yeah they have like Medicare for all as if it's going to be a federal program it almost has to be sure by definition but it would they can be trapped by their theory and they can only try yeah. to inspire people like they're evangelizing some sort of of ideology Hmm. whereas you need to prove to people at the level of their material well-being that this thing this can work for them because it's the only way you're going to get the actual masses of america who are too busy working shitty jobs to give a fuck about whatever you're trying to sell them because now to them you just look like another person with a fucking pamphlet and they're tired of being handed pamphlets on their way to their shitty job. So the you have to have both of them. And the local yeah. socialism is a great argument. But you're right. You can lose steam. Movements can lose steam. And they also, render, when they start to lose steam, that minute they start to slow down, they're vulnerable to, one, being co-opted by the Democratic Party, which you mentioned. That's yeah. accurate. Or two, a fucking attack, an assault on their party's membership base and their the loss of the PR campaign, which also happened. They put those guys in jail for violating the Espionage Act. Eugene Debs yep. went to federal prison for 12 years because he spoke out against World War One. He said it was a bunch of rich man's war, and which it was. Like, World yeah, War, it 100% that's, was. That's, if any war doesn't make sense, World War One was fucking insane. Espionage Act for fucking that guy that ran a newspaper in Milwaukee, a socialist newspaper, prison. Mm-hmm. Ridiculous. Um, people started getting scared. Uh, McCarthyism was a big Even though McCarthy was friends with this guy because he was a senator... <laughs> He was friends with Zidell, and he never came out against Zidell. Um, that was an interesting little fact. You have to have both of them. It has to prove to people at the level of the material conditions at a, at a local level, but you can't lose sight of the vision. Where you're going. You can't ever take your foot off the gas. Don't yeah. Don't keep don't keep the pedal to the metal because then you're gonna it's gonna look like insane. To, it's not gonna be palatable to people. But you have to keep driving forward. Never stop moving left continue moving that way and everything that is introduced from a left level at the local at the local city and state level as well as the federal level every single change that socialists introduce and get passed sticks that's why you still have social security that's why you still have the 40-hour work week that's why those things stick now you just have to stop you have to plug the holes when these motherfuckers try to get around it there's the difference so both of them are necessary. So don't let the don't let the strategic minded big brain weirdos talk down to the local sewer socialists. And don't let the sewer socialists make fun of you because they're like, Oh, you haven't got your hands dirty in a while. You know, like you don't have any skin in the game. Those criticisms. They need to get put those past, realize they both have a part to play. Just like mm-hmm. uh, the strategic and tactical levels of war that I keep getting told told about. Yeah, honestly, to to kind of just wrap it all together, like the Milwaukee socialists are the proof of concept for why once you start addressing people's material conditions, you get popular support right off the bat. It's it's almost not yeah. even that hard. And then you kind of keep that strategic vision of the the shining city on the hill that you're always striving for, which is abolishing fucking money. Which is what we talked about in previous episodes, which just humanity's major fuck up like thousands of years ago, yeah. which is 
tying everything to wealth and wealth accumulation. Because like you, you can get all of your incremental steps and they absolutely should be done. And the people, the justice Dems who are actively working for Medicare for All and the PRO Act and everything, they are doing a valuable service that absolutely needs to be done. But then they get Medicare for All, they get the PRO Act, and they're not done. It is for like it's almost forever. You keep working until we no longer are bound by these anti-human conscriptions of our value is tied to wealth or our mm-hmm. value is tied to a wage or our value is tied to a work week. Every step of the way, you're fighting for that utopic vision. And if they make fun of you for addressing a utopic vision or believing things that that can be better, just laugh at them. Yeah, they're what so else is vulnerable the point? to ridicule. Say to hell with kings. I'm funnier than you. Yeah, I, yeah, dude. If you're not working towards a utopia, what the fuck are we doing? We're just gonna accept that everything sucks. Like that's it. <laughs> we can't figure it out. Human innovation is not powerful enough to figure out how to make things better at the periphery constantly. Come on, laugh at them. <laughs> Always be work- working towards that that shining city on the hill. Always be work- working towards that utopia, no matter how much they ridicule you, no matter how much they tell you it's not possible. Because people like the Milwaukee Socialists prove that it's possible every step of the way. And that's why you they've just won a Super Bowl and we haven't. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think the last I, thing... I feel like it got I, intense there. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is... Yeah, you're the little valve that's like blowing off. (laughs) We need to envision the new world. Do not lose faith, brothers and sisters. We will find (laughs) our way to the promised land. The uh, the, I I agree with what you were saying. I just (laughs) well, I don't agree with what you're saying. Fuck football. Literally, just the (laughs) the fucking gladiator of our hell yeah. Organized sports is so fascist. (laughs) I did you sports hard? Did you get the ball to where the ball needed to go? The uh, the warning, the warning that sticks out in this thing that really just made me kind of drop my fucking beer was when the Milwaukee uh, Democrats and Republicans tried to defeat Daniel Hone in that, or is it Zydell, one of the two, oh, in yeah. that midterm election yes. in 54. It was so DNC. It was. Yeah. It was insane. It's the same fucking thing. It's been there. It's always like this. The Democrats, the Republican, Democrats Socialist. Line. Yeah, it yep. was the first ticket when he got elected was Democrats, Republican, Socialist. They have a they have an actual historical ballot. You can see the picture. And then the next term, like three or four years later, or whatever the fucking term was, was the fusion party versus the socialists. The Democrats, Republicans mm-hmm. made a backroom deal to run fucking together. If only. That is what they fucking do. I fucking hate these pieces the of shit. The Fuck the Democrats. We'll be the first ones to sell you under the bridge. Yes, the Republicans are just—they're you know—they're predictable. They're yeah, they, they're they're good old-fashioned fascists. I like them. You know, they just—they <laughs> just—they own up. They're like, yeah, I want to. I mean, Marco Rubio is a giant cuck, so he's probably there's a place for the Democratic Party. Democratic Party. The Democrats are fucking cucks. That's what they do. They just get fucking rolled over. They're like they negotiate themselves into a stupid deal before the Republicans even come to the table to start talking. Mm -hmm. They talk down all of our bullshit. They surrender when things get a little tough. They give up trying if things get a little bit hard. before things get tough. It's amazing. That's true. Yeah. (laughs) These people are the reason you can't get anything done because they've co-opted socialist ideas and language without any of the fucking conviction about what needs to happen. Those guys are the enemy. Republicans, you know, you can at least... 
you can at least count on them to <laughs> believe what they're saying. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's that's the big warning in this. Is like what happened to Bernie's, what happened to these fucking Milwaukee dudes. Mandy, you got anything? <laughs> no, I stand by what I said in my notes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right i'm gonna do a real quick wrap up follow us at pillow screen pod um give us likes on apple podcast or whatever it is apple podcast is the one that matters for (laughs) publicity yeah if you want to listen to us there rate us on there uh, continue to yell at us whenever our sound levels are fucked up we'll get it fixed eventually thank you i'm gonna in like 100 episodes or so whoever sent us the video on how to normalize audio and audacity thank you i'm gonna do that now so that we don't have to like you don't have to keep turning it up whenever um, <laughs> one of us is talking and turning it down whenever the mashed potatoes start. So. Yes, thank you. We're taking it into consideration. <laughs> yeah. I'm, Your complaints have been noted. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, that was a long one. Yeah, well, it was shorter than the last one. We do need to shorten up a little bit. We need to get used to it. We honestly. is trying to sleep with your husband to be he's not really he's not actually i don't think so i don't know we're not getting legally married we're we're not legally getting married we're only getting married in the eyes of the lord not in the eyes of the state because i have to be unmarried to compete in the pageant (laughs) i can't be married wait what Ah. (laughs) is that an actual decision making process that you're going through right now yes okay no I need some wine. So to compete, <laughs> to compete, I have to be an unmarried woman because they want you to be like virginal or whatever and like unmarried. So to compete in this pageant, I have to be single legally. So for my wedding that's happening, I'll be married. <laughs> I will be married in the eyes of the Lord. But in the eyes of the state, I will still be legally <laughs> single. So I can still compete in the pageant, and then after the pageant, do I have to edit that out? Because I want to edit. Keep oh, because in the pa- when I'm done with the pageant, I'll get legally married. Unless I will only be married in the eyes of the Lord. <laughs> in the eyes of the Lord, I will be married. In the eyes of the state, I will be single. But if I win, I have to postpone my wedding a year. Then I have to be legal legally single but in the eyes of the lord i'll be married we fucked up by having her on this podcast we should have like 
told her, we should have just like held a mic to her face and she can just narrate her yes. day and the decisions that she makes <laughs> yeah. and we all just sit there wondering like what the fuck and is going on he is okay with it he doesn't care because he's catholic so he's okay like if god cons- if god cons- <laughs> if god considers us married but this considers us single then it's okay because i can still compete in the pageant but I can also be married. But the thing is, the joke's on him. Because I don't believe in God. So, for me, it's like... Please tell me he knows that, right? It's a half dozen yeah. to one. Have it, you been pretending? It's a half dozen. It's six to one, half dozen to another. Because for me, the result is the same. I get to be married. I get to compete in the pageant. But you if really I win, it. You figured it if out. I win, if I win, I have to postpone the legal marriage an entire year, unless he gets cancer or something. Then I will like withdraw and I'll be like, oh, take my title. <laughs> it's not funny. It's serious. This is how it is. <laughs> no, this is dead serious. We're postponing the legal, the legal proceedings so I can do the pageant. I love this energy. We just need to figure oh. out how to like I make it so doing... that we can get that shit yeah. on the podcast. Yeah, I feel like like Benjamin Franklin, and I just got shocked by the fucking lightning. And I, I need to. How do I? How do I take this electricity and make it like? power lights and computers and shit i just i just got shocked i don't know i'm just dealing with raw natural energy i don't know how to harness it it's not that weird hey you need to find another name so that like anytime you're talking about the ridiculous shit that y'all are like going through we can actually keep it in the podcast yeah you can put that in the pod just like (laughs) i don't know how it's i forget what we were talking about before i went off on that tangent I think we kind of ended on email strong. I think we need to we need to go yeah. to kill zone. Do we need to take yeah, a break? Yeah, do we yeah. need to like reset for a second? Yeah, yeah I, I think I think yeah. Go, everyone go like breathe for a second. I'm gonna I'm gonna mute myself. Oh, perfect. This works out then. Mute mic. Wait, I didn't mute it. Mute mic. <laughs> oh my lord. I feel like we could salvage some of that. That was fucking hilarious. Yeah, I think we hit Pater. <laughs> <laughs>